Hello, friends. Welcome to Loose Talk with Tasha Marie Harris. I'm glad you joined me today. Today, we're going to talk about relationships and what it takes to be her. So as a black woman, I think it's important to talk about relationships and expectations and you know, what we're hoping to get when we decide to choose someone to be connected with. And uh, over the weekend, I watched this excellent movie on Netflix called Really Love. Uh, the whole thing was fantastic. The, the actors, the storyline, uh, the cinematography, the way the relationship transpired. Uh, I loved it. And I think what I particularly loved was the fact that it was a real relationship. So we got to see the progression of uh, the two main characters, Stevie and uh, Isaiah meet. Uh, we went with them on the journey as they fell in love, uh, you know, had a couple of obstacles. There was a lot of layers uh, in their relationship, but it was a real relationship. It wasn't uh, something ratchet. You know, there were no other people involved. It was just the two of them, uh, no drama. Uh, there was beautiful friendships. Uh, Stevie had great female friendships and Isaiah had great male friendships. And I just think that's so important uh, for Black people and non-Black people just to see a positive uh, relationship. And so I kind of want to talk about that. So I think when, you know, when we're growing up and we're imagining uh, who we want to be with, uh, as women, we're always taught to find somebody with money. Uh, to find somebody who can uh, provide for us and uh, provide for the family that we want to create or the lifestyle that we want to create. And while I think it's important to find somebody um, that's equally yoked to you, rather than say, you know, find somebody with money because everybody's not going to fall in love with a, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, an engineer, uh, you know, a, a music producer, a, a, a rock star, a, uh, a NBA or NFL player. I think it's more important to find a strong man who's caring and who is a provider. And so when I say provider, I mean, not necessarily a white collar worker. I mean, there's nothing wrong uh, with a strong, good man who's a blue collar worker. My uh, paternal grandfather uh, didn't go to school past the third grade. And uh, I challenge anyone to find a better man, uh, a better provider than he was and a better 
person to teach wisdom, uh, how to be a good person. You know, he raised my dad and uh, my uncles to be stellar men. And uh, it had nothing to do with a degree or the amount of money that, that he made. And he still managed to put four uh, children through school, uh, help them uh, with whatever they needed and uh, even helped grandchildren and, and various family members. So a provider I think is, is what you're looking for and someone that, uh, that cares for you. So uh, Isaiah and Stevie meet each other. She's uh, going to law school and uh, you know, working in a, in a, in a nonprofit. Uh, Isaiah is a painter, so he's got all this potential and uh, still trying to find his niche or, or find uh, what the right way to express his art. And so he's pushed by, by friends, uh, fellow artists. He's pushed by uh, an art gallery owner. And I think uh, he's trying to find inspiration. That, that's, I guess that's what it really is. He, he's trying to find inspiration. So during this time, uh, you know, his family is wondering when is he gonna get a real job and trying to suggest uh, jobs that are opened. And uh, he just wants to be with art. So I guess that's the, the second layer What are expectations uh, for a black man in his job? Uh, you know, does it have to be a nine to five job with a, a pension and a 401k and benefits? Or is it okay to be an entrepreneur or an artist or a writer or something, something creative uh, that's not uh, an established job and initially may not make make the big dollars until you make your mark doing something extraordinary. Is it okay to uh, just be you for a while? And, and why do we put expectations on, on what we want our children to be? You know, I, I think I had to learn that the hard way. You know, you're raised to uh, go to school, you know, preferably go to college get a degree and then find a job that goes with your degree and maybe in a perfect world that might be okay, but this isn't a perfect world. And unfortunately, the opportunities, while not impossible, I think that in this day and age for black people, I think it's better to think about going out on your own. So what, what do you like to do in turn, what you'd like to do, what excites you into an income stream? Um, and that may be two or three income streams, but I think it's important to do something that, uh, that feeds your soul and, and makes you happy. And sometimes it's not always easy to find what feeds your soul that also pays your bills. And so sometimes you have to have a nine to five job or something established while you're building your dream. But I always encourage anyone to try to 
try to find what makes you happy and also pays your bills and not just pays your bills, but allows you to thrive. Nobody should work a job and all they can afford to do is pay bills. You should always be able to thrive. So go on a trip, you know, experience something, a, a concert, uh, a, a professional sporting event, uh, traveling somewhere. Uh, everyone should be able to thrive, uh, take a day off and do something that refreshes your spirit. So uh, he's, Isaiah is, is uh, developing his, his craft. Uh, he's falling in love with uh, Stevie. Stevie is from a very well-to-do family. So she has uh, her, own, her own place. Uh, she can afford to work this nonprofit while she's going to law school because her parents are helping her pay the bills. And I don't know exactly what her parents did, but you can tell that they're very well off. And uh, so when Isaiah goes to meet her family, you know, they're giving him the up and down. And, and I, I don't know um, why parents do that. Uh, I, I have to say that I had to teach myself to stop doing it, but as soon as your children bring somebody over and you sit down, you know, don't start on the, on the inquisition. Uh, where did you go to school? Who are your parents? Where are you from? What do you do? How, you know, what this, that, this, because again, I stress potential. And so just because someone hasn't been exposed to the finer things or exposed to the arts or uh, exposed to culture, doesn't mean that they're uh, ignorant by any means, they just haven't been exposed. And sometimes all they need is that taste or that introduction into something. And then they uh, take off with it and become great. So uh, I don't think Isaiah quite meets their, their standards and they're hoping that he's just a, a fling uh, for Stevie and that you know she uh, has her time with him and then moves on to, to what she's supposed to be. And I, I think she struggles with that. You know, I, I believe that she really loved Isaiah and he loved her. And I think he feels that because he's still honing his craft and he hasn't made it yet uh, into a solo show at an art gallery, he's not worthy of her. So when she's talking about opportunities and jobs and mentions that she's going to interview for a job somewhere else, he doesn't stop her. He tells her, you know, go for your dreams. And she's hoping that he says stay. He wants her to stay, but he doesn't want to say stay. He wants her to stay on her own. So those wires cross. And then her mother's in her ear, you know, saying, um, you know, is he asking you to stay? Is he, you know, expressing things? And so I guess my, my next question is, are words super important in a relationship? Do you have to have someone tell you, you know, I love you, you're my everything, you're this, you're that? Or is it just as meaningful if they show you how they feel by their support of you, uh, by the things that they do for you, you know, fill your car up with gas, wash your car, pick you up, uh, you know, take care of the house, you know, take care of you like a protector role, uh, are words important? And then 
do you want somebody that is okay with you being you? So uh, if you're in a corporate job, is your partner secure in you moving up the ladder, uh, possibly uh, breaking through a, a glass ceiling or a barrier, uh, making money, maybe even more money uh, than your partner? Are they supportive if you have an opportunity in another city, uh, possibly another country? Do you want them to set boundaries and say, you know, you're my woman, I want you to stay here with me. You can do X, Y, and Z, but not A, B, C. Uh, or do you want them to, to allow you to go, possibly have a long distance relationship or give up what they're doing and go with you and try to uh, set up some type of career or, you know, follow you along as you're dreaming your dream. And then after you've achieved your dream, maybe come back so they can do theirs. How, how does that work? What is a, a deal breaker for you? And so I think I'd like to challenge women, uh, especially black women, when you're looking for a significant other. One, allow yourself to be loved and valued. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think sometimes it's ingrained in us to be these ride or die women. And so when I say ride or die, that's like to put up with whatever you're dealt. So uh, if you have a partner that takes forever to figure themselves out, you know, is it, are you, are you obligated to be with someone who doesn't figure themselves out until they're in their 40s or 50s or is not really a good provider and you're doing the, the providing, you're uh, nurturing the kids, possibly being a caregiver to parents or elderly relatives, you're trying to nurture uh, your partner's ego and make them feel important and ultimately not having any time for yourself or putting aside what you want to make the partner feel special. I don't, I don't think we're always obligated to do that. And another thing I think is ingrained in us is um, that women are expected to be monogamous and loyal, but men are allowed to sow their oats. So they can sow their oats before a relationship, during a relationship, uh, after a relationship and women are, you're supposed to be this ride or die and uh, accept them uh, while they're trying to get themselves together or mature. And so why is it not acceptable for women to expect to have a partner that respects them, is loyal to them and is monogamous as the partner expects them to be? I was reading a book uh, a few years ago. It's by the author Nia Forster. She has this um, series of books, and uh, this particular these particular characters that she had, Sean and Riley, uh, were in the music business. And Sean uh, was this uh, uh, superstar rapper, and so uh, he when he meets Riley, she's already in a relationship with somebody, but uh, they have this chemistry and she ultimately leaves her partner to be in a relationship with Sean and, you know, he's elated. And 
uh, immediately wants to claim her. So he, uh, you know, gets her an engagement ring and uh, they get married. So he's, he's claimed her. So he's on the road. She's at home. She's a writer uh, doing her thing. He's on the road. And uh, there's a particularly aggressive groupie on this tour uh, that's been after him for a while. And uh, she manages to catch him in a weak moment and he sleeps with her. And, uh, you know, he's immediately remorseful and hoping that uh, that Riley doesn't find out which she does. And so uh, they have some problems in their relationship that they eventually work out, but it took her, his wife's anger at him and the fact that he realized that he might actually lose her for him to come to grips with the fact that he was so intent on claiming her and he got her and wanted her to be his that it never occurred to him that she would have those same expectations on him. He just figured as long as she was like number one and got the, the star treatment that she would be okay with accepting whatever he dealt her. And it was a great awakening to him to find out that she expected and had the same uh, ownership feelings or claim on him as he had on her. And so, you know, that's my thing. I'll read, uh, uh, you know, on different blogs, or uh, if you follow stars on social media, um, and you'll see, I, I think, especially uh, when a black woman, when her uh, partner is, is cheating on her, and she might leave him, and, you know, ultimately, they get back together, and they'll see, you know, be like, that's a loyal woman. Uh, I was in a relationship with someone who was unfaithful, and that was one of the things uh, that came up in our conversations about it is, you know, that's part of being a loyal woman, woman, you know, you're supposed to um, uh, stick with me through whatever. And, and, you know, we're supposed to work it out. That's a real woman. That's a ride or die. That's the kind of woman that a, a man needs, needs in his corner that he knows is going to be with him regardless if he messes up or, you know, has some down period, she's going to stick with him. And so, you know, I realized that relationships are not perfect and, you know, there is give and take and compromise and there should be communication. But I don't think that part of uh, a relationship is for a woman to um, expect to not be uh, valued, respected and with somebody who just wants to be with her. I don't, I don't think that that is an uh, outrageous uh, or um, unacceptable expectation in a relationship. So I love the fact that uh, Stevie and Isaiah in Really Love, you know, there was nobody else in the relationship. It was just them trying to work out expectations that, uh, and I guess not just expectations, um, but their feelings of, of worth and worthiness in a relationship, you know, uh, is it wrong for a man to feel like if he's not the primary provider or the largest breadwinner in the relationship to feel like he's not doing his part? And if a man is a good man who's a hard worker and he's working on building his business, is he supposed to feel less of a man 
while he is building his business or building his craft. And should a woman feel some kind of way of being supportive of her partner if he hasn't yet made it? And how long do you want to wait for them to get themselves together? You know, is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 15? What, what are the what are the expectations? So I guess the part that I really loved is that Isaiah painted this, this beautiful painting of Stevie uh, in a moment of passion. And you could see the love that he, that he had for her. So um, she leaves uh, Washington DC is where the story takes place and goes to Chicago, takes this job. Uh, Isaiah finally makes it, has a, a solo show and then has another show and, uh, you know, he's traveling now, uh, goes to Chicago, they run into each other, the sparks are still there and he calls her and invites her to a showing that he's having in DC. And she comes and they connect. And uh, the story ends with him telling her how much he loves her and her saying, why didn't you ask me to stay? And him telling her, I'm asking you to stay now. And, uh, you know, all these thoughts are going through her head. Uh, she's listening to things that her mother said to her about, uh, you know, everybody has that, that first love, but sometimes it's more than love. And she's replaying the romance that she had with Isaiah. And the movie ends with her walking around the corner and seeing this huge painting uh, of her showing, I mean, you can see the love in the painting and she's looking at it and Isaiah comes behind her to see her reaction. And then it zooms in on, um, you know, the little placard underneath the painting saying that it's from the artist's private collection and it's called Her. So I'm asking, what does it take to be her? What does it take to be in a relationship where somebody values you and what, or do you have to be something special to, uh, to have a man value you like that? Do you have to have certain characteristics or do you want to expect somebody to love the characteristics that you, that you already have and that you don't have to change? And I have an issue sometimes with books. Um, I know Steve Harvey had a book, uh, Act Like a Woman, Think Like a, or Think Like a Man, Act Like a Woman. That's what it was. And I was in a bookstore one day and uh, I didn't buy the book. I uh, took the book and sat down in one of the little reading chairs and just read it uh, while I was there at the store. And I guess I had an issue because it was all these things that a woman was supposed to be. Uh, to understand the man, to be his supporter, his caregiver, his cheerleader. You know, you're supposed to be sex, you're supposed to be this, that. And I never saw any chapters about what the man was supposed to be or uh, what expectations a woman was supposed to have from a man. So um, again, I love that we're starting to get more Black stories told and more Black relationships and seeing Black life as, in my opinion, as it really is. Uh, genuine friendships, genuine male friendships, which I think is super important 
and genuine, fantastic female friendships. So there's another show that I watched. It was um, developed by Ava DuVernay and it was called Cherish the Day. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Again, the characters, you know, the beautiful black characters, the strong characters, um, the fact that these were real relationships without being ratchet, without drama, seeing a couple meet, fall in love, go through the course of their relationship, kind of have the ebbs and flows, the bumps, and ultimately end up back together uh, in love. I love seeing the various storylines showing that, you know, there's affluent Blacks, there's middle-class Blacks, you know, there's uh, you know, light skin, dark skin. There's people who love blues, people who love R&B, people who love jazz, people who love classical. And it shows that we run the gamut and we are anything and everything we want to be. Uh, so again, I want to encourage women, Black women, one, uh, that it's okay to have high standards and expectations and it's okay to uh, want certain things in a relationship that are non-negotiable and to have uh, deal breakers. It's, it's okay. And uh, while it's part of a relationship to be supportive, being supportive doesn't mean accepting anything that's given to you and, and being happy with a low bar. And so uh, we're queens, we are wonderful, we are resilient, uh, creative, uh, powerful, uh, smart, funny, everything. And so uh, it's okay to, to uh, want somebody who, who recognizes the magic of Black women. So that's my conversation for today. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, love uh, and expectations. And uh, I think in future conversations, I'd like to delve in more to, um, to relationships uh, and the importance of them and the beauty of them. And the fact that whether we realize it or not, um, you know, we all carry uh, our scars, our wounds, uh, as well as our happiness uh, into every relationship, um, every encounter that we have. And so um, if we do have a lot of generational trauma, uh, if we haven't seen uh, strong, uh, healthy uh, relationships, uh, it's, it's, you know what you want and you know what you expect, but sometimes it's hard to enact it if you haven't seen that. I want to end today's podcast with a poem by Gwendolyn Bennett called To a Dark Girl. I love you for your brownness and the rounded darkness of your breast. I love you for the breaking sadness in your voice and shadows where your wayward eyelids rest. Something of old forgotten queens lurks in the lithe abandon of your walk and something of the shackled slave sobs in the rhythm of your talk. Oh, little brown girl born for sorrow's mate, keep all you have of queenliness, forgetting that you were once a slave and let your full lips laugh at fate. Thank you for listening today. 
And I hope a little bit of what I've said has uh, empowered you, emboldened you, and reminded you of how beautiful, resilient, spectacular, and original you are. If you want to share a story with me, hit me up at loosetalk08 at gmail.com. Again, that's loosetalk08 at gmail.com. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Be well.